Pastor Greg is gone for a week, and Pierre and I are taking this opportunity to have the sermon messages mesh with the Sunday school topics. So as this morning, if you were in um, Sunday school, uh, you read from uh, Philippians chapter 4 about the comfort of God. We're going to talk about that again today. One of the, I think, the benefits when we do something like this is Pierre and I think a little differently, but we're working from the same Bible, so that what you hear from us might be something, oh, that's pretty neat. I didn't quite catch that. So it's the benefit, I think, of hearing something multiple times to say, oh, not, oh that piece really resonates with me. So that's what we're going to do today. Talk about the presence of God. And I also thank you for, for staying for the, for the sermon, because after the music warm-up group with Jack and Paul on, on the instruments, you know, it's sort of a letdown after that. So appreciate you all hanging around for this part. We're going to re- read from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say it. Rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, in this case, transcends all understanding means It is so much past our understanding, we don't have a chance. So the peace of God, which is beyond anything we can understand, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the four parts. We're going to talk about rejoicing, gentleness, being near to God, We're going to talk about being anxious and worried and then bringing that to God and then God's peace. Here's a hint up front. God doesn't say he's going to fix your worries. He does say he's going to give you peace. On the scheme of things, God's right. And so we're going to learn what does that mean that says he's implying that the peace of God is a much more valuable gift to us than taking care of a specific worry or concern. Again, remember, the peace of God is beyond our understanding. What we understand is, I might be worried about something, God's understanding is a lot bigger. And so what we'll talk about today is a little bit of how do we trust God, how do do we begin to understand this so that we can really benefit from God's presence. So here's the cycle. Rejoice always. Let your gentleness be seen, be near to God. When you have that, now it's easier, not easy, but easier to not be anxious, and we can present things to God. And when we do that well, well, when we do this at all, it doesn't have... It doesn't have to be perfect, but when we do this at all, God's peace will guard our hearts. Rinse and repeat. 
So here's our side. Rejoice. Let gentleness show. Don't be anxious. Ask God. Yeah. That's sometimes a problem. I am anxious. I do worry. Many of us wake up in the middle of the night thinking, I'm worried about this. So just having someone say, don't worry, be happy. That's not sufficient. That's not sufficient. If I don't know how to get there from here, tell, someone tell me I have to be at point B, I can't get there, that's not helpful. And here's God's side. God doesn't promise to fix my problems because he most likely, well, let me phrase this, guaranteed God has a better plan than I do. He's really smart. He's not thinking about next week, next month, next year, next decade. And then we come back to our side again. Once I start getting good at this, Ah, my standard operating mode becomes one of gentleness. Because I have, when I have God's peace in my heart, that's a lot better than Phil's peace. Right? Because God's, God's peace is past anything I can understand. It's past anything we all collectively can begin to understand. That's a lot better than whatever I could put together. And that's just really cool sort of the picture of the cycle. So here's what this cycle looks like, and we'll pick out a couple of these pieces. The main cycle for me is rejoice, gentleness to God, gentleness near to God. That helps me then, if I'm anxious, I've got a base from which to give my request to God. When I do that, I get God's peace. Now it makes it easier for me to be gentle and rejoice and be close to God. Okay, so that's a, a, a constructive cycle, right? Every time around, it gets better and better. And then two pieces that contribute to that is practice. Reading the Bible, fellowship, prayer, practice, so that I work with God. I'm not just sitting back and say, God, bring on the peace, and I'm going to be really good at this. But no, my part of this is to cooperate. And if God's giving me peace, sometimes I'm going to be the deliverer. That I might be the person to give somebody peace. That for some reason I'm sitting next to somebody that needs somebody to listen. And so those are the the, the tangents that say here's what happens, here's how I personally get involved. The young people may be dismissed for your discussion time. Da-da-da-da! Well, this happened halfway through the song set. <laughs> so, we're good. Okay. How to bring requests to God. How to do this well, I think, is the main point. It really helps to have a connection with God that works. Think about a relationship with anybody, and you need a favor from somebody. If you come up to a stranger, 
maybe. If you go to your best friend, it's, of course, right? And so this sense of how do I bring a request to God if I'm anxious, it really helps if that connection is already there. Bible reading, prayer, and worship. Here's an example. Some people have an emerg- a generator at their house. I bought one during Hurricane Ike. Got it from Pastor Roger at the time, who was in Waco. It was a no-name generator. It was loud. It had a really hard time starting. Worked ad- fully adequately for 10 days. Put it in the garage. Five years later, oh, here's this generator. Let me see. Put gas in it. And it all dribbled out through the rusted hole in the bottom of the the gas tank. At which point I said, I'll put it on the curb for someone more um, clever than I am. I'm not ready for Harvey, right? If I tried to pull that out for Harvey, I, I wouldn't have power. But then you look at Danny Skelton, who I found out, has a generator, He bought it in the off-season, had it connected to the power system in his house, runs on natural gas so he doesn't have to buy gas for it, and it starts up on its own every Monday at noon to make sure everything works. Harvey comes, he's not worried. Harvey comes, hmm, wonder where Danny's address is. Right? But the point is, it's an example of where, where... it's an example, right, to say, here's what happens when you prepare. And you can think of any example. Think about your car. You put gas in it? Yeah, don't put gas in it. It's really going to work after, you know, certain... Same example here. We do this with our relationships, with our friends and our family and our kids and grandkids. If you, if you don't build that relationship, you can't really benefit from it. The same thing here for us to really benefit from this interaction with God, we practice, we do things now. We bring, small, we bring all of our cares to God. It doesn't matter if they're big or small. God wants to talk to us about it. What that does then is that when something that's really serious, at least on our scale, comes along, God's there waiting. He knows I'm going to come talk to him on a regular basis anyway. This comes along. And it makes it much easier to talk with God. I'm going to bring a bit of uh, perhaps doctrine in. Heidelberg Catechism is one of the... the, uh, Catechism is a teaching device where it's question and answer. There are several catechisms that have come out of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, The uh, Presbyterians use the Westminster, Westminster Shorter. There's a variety of them. Our denomination happens to use this. So listen to this. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Now, in here, only means perfect, complete, soul. What is your soul comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ? Thank you, you two. 
He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. Here's my point. He also watches over me so that, in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Three points from this that fit in this comfort of God. God is my soul comfort. I have really good health insurance. That's not my comfort. It's really nice. That's not my spiritual comfort in life and in death. God is that soul comfort. And he says, he watches over me that not a hair can fall from my head. He's been watching over some people more carefully than others. Um, the smallest thing, the smallest thing, God keeps an eye on it. And the big picture that I can be, scarcely begin to understand is that the main purpose is my salvation. Might I get sick? Absolutely. Might my car get crashed? Absolutely. Do I worry about my salvation? Absolutely not. And God's comfort then, back to the main point, God's comfort then assures me of that salvation. He says, Phil, don't worry. I've got this. Yes, someone might be sick, someone might have cancer, your car might be crashed, you just got a call from your kids at 2 in the morning. God's, God has us. Might be a major, it might be a major problem. There's deaths in our family. Uh, frustration. I'm going to heaven. Everything works together for my, for your salvation. That's God's comfort. And when we practice this with him, when we read the Bible and talk with our Christian friends and bring our concerns to him, he says, bring them. They're real. He's not saying they aren't real, but he's saying, let's put them in perspective. When you have my comfort, your concerns are in perspective. They're still real. But I remember... I'm saved. And I think about, you know, someday I'm going to have coffee with my mom and dad. You know? I mean, that's part of the joy of that comfort. It says, yeah, this is going to be really nice. Let's talk a little bit more about comfort. You know, what is this comfort? We use this word a lot. Shows up multiple times. Oh, sorry. We'll come back to that. We'll go skip this, go to slide 12, the next one after that. There we go. Thank you. So bringing to requests. When we do this, prayers become easier. Like anything you do, if you, when your kids start learning to ride a bike, the first time it's a little wobbly. After two weeks, three weeks, two years, five years, right? I mean, you get good at it. Same thing here. You practice you get good at it. I like to make cheesecakes. First one wasn't so good. I'm on number 100, 120. They're getting a lot better. I'm better at making them. 
consistency coming out. It's really good. I'll give you my baking tips later if you want. Next slide. So here's this cycle again. We talked about how we do things. When I study the Bible, I fellowship, prayer, practice. That helps me become near to God. That enables me when I am anxious, when I am worried. I, I'm more, I'm, I'm, in a sense, I'm more skilled. I'm more comfortable bringing these to God because I know God listens. I bring them to God. Then, what we're coming to next, God's peace. Next slide. How does this really happen? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The peace of God gets used a lot in the Bible. Merriam-Webster says, peace is a state of tranquility or quiet, freedom from disturbance. There's a strong sense of freedom from disturbance in in the definitions. Freedom disquieting or oppressive thoughts. Okay, so I want you to lean back. Close your eyes if you wish. This is peace. We don't... No rush. We're going to be quiet. This is a little snippet of what God's peace is like. Here's a couple of verses from the Bible that illustrate this, that use the phrase. Psalm 85. I will listen to what the Lord the God says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. From Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. From Luke 2. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. God's peace, contentment, confidence in our salvation, our our current worries and fears, we know we can bring them to God. God helps us put them in perspective. In many cases, he will absolutely fix those things that are wrong. We hear them and see this all the time. Not a guarantee, but he does, because he's counting our hairs. He doesn't let things happen to us without his will. And then 2 Corinthians Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And then finally, from Philippians 4, just the next couple of verses. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So God's peace, which is that top piece of the cycle, gives us confidence, confidence in God's love and protection when physical or spiritual problems arise. God's peace helps us 
deal with anxiety. He's not necessarily going to say, yeah, you're not anxious. Don't worry about that. No. But he's saying it helps put it in perspective. Maybe it helps you be able to take a deep breath and say, oh, I need to call a friend and talk about it. Oh, maybe I need to find one or two people who can help me, either physically help me with whatever needs to be done or just to pray for me. Or I call the prayer servants and they pray. That's part of really enjoying God's peace. Put it into practice. And how does that come? God's peace gets delivered to us in a variety of ways. Sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And you might be sitting down and thinking about this. And it's happened to me. It may have happened to you. You're just sitting there. And I'm feeling better about this. And that's because God's working in your hearts. You might not even know. Holy Spirit's pretty clever, right? Sometimes it's overt. Sometimes it's just... Sometimes it's just working its way through your heart and soul. Sometimes it's a friend. Sometimes it'll come from reading the Bible. Ah, Being quiet, worship time, Bible study time, radio or podcast. Now, here's sort of a sidebar. Maybe it's one of us being God's delivery service for somebody else. That's not the main point of this. But if you realize that if God's bringing peace to somebody, it might be me or you or you that's going to be doing it. So sort of a sidebar here, keep your eyes open. There may be a time when you say, ah, I'm here to bring God's peace to somebody. And that's really good too. So in summary, here's the whole circle. This is each of us in the middle. This is part of growing in maturity in God. It's part of understanding how does God work with me. And it's a beneficial cycle. As we are near to God, or as and we go to uh, fellowship, or study the Bible, or read, or pray, my gentleness, my rejoicing becomes easier. And when I'm more confident in this and I'm better at this, it's easier to go talk to God and say, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about this. And God says, you have my peace, which is a lot better than having Phil Bronson's peace. We still have problems to solve. God gives us ways to solve them, mostly, but he doesn't solve everything. We're not in heaven yet. And as that happens, we now are better at being gentle. We're better at being not anxious. We're closer to God. And you think about that, for me as a human being, as a Christian, that's where I want to be. I want to be rejoicing. I want to be happy in my faith. I want to be gentle. Being gentle is a lot more fun than being angry or being upset or being crabby all the time. Being gentle is a great place to be. 
whether you see it in yourself or other people. You see some people say, man, just, you know, everybody will be happier if you're a little quieter. That's with us too. Wherever we are on the gentleness to being upset scale, God calls us to be gentle. When we're gentle, it's easier to listen to other people, and I can be a helper. When I'm gentle, it's easier to be quiet and talk with God and my friends. When I'm gentle, it's easier to make my requests to God. And when I'm gentle, it's easier to say, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit better on understanding God's goodness and what that means for me. I'll never, I won't understand it until I get to heaven. I'm hoping Jesus has a seminar series that explains a bunch of these. It might be a really long seminar series, but I'm figuring, hey, he talked to everybody on earth. Why would he stop when he's in heaven? I think that'd be pretty cool. We get that piece, and it's a beneficial cycle. So here's what I want you to do. Between now and tomorrow, take three minutes. Many of you are very busy, especially looking at some of you with, with multiple small children. Three minutes is hard to come by. Three minutes. Sit quietly. And talk to God. And say, God, help me be gentle. God, help me to rejoice in my faith. God, help me to be near to you. That takes 20 seconds. For the next minute and a half, just be quiet. Leave your cell phone in the other room. Be quiet so that you're opening the door so that God's peace has two minutes to come in your heart and give you a nudge. All of this facilitated by the Holy Spirit, of course. We don't do this on our own. God's not just in one corner. God's not just in one corner. He, the Holy Spirit's in our hearts the whole time making this work. Let's pray. God, through Paul, you have given us a lesson in relationships with you, how to become closer to you, how to benefit by telling you our problems and what's going on. And you promised your peace, which will guard my heart and my soul, which is beyond anything I can understand. You promise that that's going to come to me, that while we're here on earth, while things are still imperfect, things are going to be it's problems, they won't all get solved. But I am confident in my salvation. I am confident of your peace in my heart. So God, help us to rejoice in our faith. God, 
please help me to be more gentle. God, please help me to be near to you so that I become more like you, that you see me and are pleased with my response to my salvation, looking forward to the time when we will be in heaven and all things will be perfect. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray these things. Amen.